Welcome to The Good Conversation, a podcast by the House of LRNC. My name is Adam Connor, and today we proceed with our Begins Within Leadership series through the voice of Therese Hayes. She's our Chief Sustainability and Business Development Officer here at the House, and her journey to get here is anything but typical. Therese is, by the book, a scientist, and though she could have become a professor leading the way forward in microbiology and immunology, she instead turned to how the science would impact society at large. Today we talk about that shift, about the people who inspire her, and about how growth and progression through life is like reading a book. We've even got a few reading recommendations at the end of the interview, but before the pages, how about a podcast? Without further ado, here's our conversation with Therese Hayes. Hey, Therese, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Let's talk a little bit about your your journey to get to the House of LRNC. My journey was a very unique journey in terms of the beginning of my career uh, is not really reflected necessarily in what I'm doing right now. So I started out um, in science. I thought I would be a professor and uh, I got a master's in microbiology and immunology. And I had a bit of an aha moment during that time because I realized that I wanted to spend my time with, with humans and interacting with them and understanding how this science was actually going to impact people's lives. And that's what was really driving me, whereas I was actually spending all my time in labs, um, often through the night running experiments and stuff. And while it did have a human application, because it was in the area of vaccine development, it wasn't how I was spending my day to day. So I switched from doing, a, um, I completed my master's in microbiology and immunology, and then I decided to move into a business degree and started that in healthcare and and then quickly found myself with the opportunity of biotechnology, which again, in the early 90s was a fairly early discipline. And what I loved about that was I could really work on the business of science. So understanding uh, or bridging the understanding between those people who were doing the work and the scientists and being able to speak their language, but also translate that to all the other audiences that are involved in making a successful business, which is the people that finance it, uh, the people that benefit from it. So whether that be um, customers or in that case, patients, um, employees that help you get there, uh, doctors who help you bring the medicines um, to those patients. And I did that for 13 years, loved it, loved working in science, loved what I was doing, clearly satisfied the need to have purpose. And what happened in reality is that I, uh, after working in California in a biotech company for a number of years, and then working in Canada, um, the biotech industry is very boom bust. And uh, the opportunity really did not exist to continue in biotech and live in Vancouver, which was something that was really important to me. So I was able to take those skills and move them to another industry, which was the area of clean tech, solar energy. And I I sort of jokingly say I traded scientists for engineers and again brought my skill set, which was again communicating what they wanted to do to those audiences that needed to do it. Um, and, and through that journey in Vancouver, I was aware of a company that was developing here called Lululemon. And, and I had a passing interest in what it was doing because it was a big company here. And, and a little bit of, um, I'm going to call it intellectual snobbery. Like I had an, an opportunity to go work at Lululemon and thought, I, 
It's black stretchy pants. Like I'm a scientist. I have all this background. I've got all this knowledge. Like why, why would I go work in that company? Um, and as I learned more and more about the company, I realized that what I was really interested in was again, that transfer of knowledge, learning things myself, and then being able to transfer it to other people, but also being surrounded by people who were really experts in their domain and being able to work in a company that had a business model that was going to be able to sustain what the company was really about, which at Lululemon was developing leaders and giving people an opportunity for um, learning a business model, learning uh, a business and being able to develop themselves. And through that, I met um, Christine Day, who was the CEO of Lululemon at the time, you know, I was able to read enough about Christine Day to understand how wonderful it would be to work with her. She had a, a very accomplished career. And what I wasn't ready for was what a wonderful and warm person she was. And so to find somebody that had that combination, along with a CFO who is um, a, was a very, it is a very strategic person um, and a business model that made tremendous sense. Um, that's how I actually came to the world of retail. I worked there for a number of years, uh, really enjoyed it, um, and it exposed me to a business model that was um, one of the best in the world. And so I learned a tremendous amount there um, and, you know, continued on with Christine Day when she left that role, went to work with her at a food company um, have since worked at a number of other retail companies. And so when I look back and think what got me here, you know, what got me here was really working in 13 different jobs, I think, um, over a span of a, you know, 30 year career, and probably eight different industries, completely different industries, biotech, leisure, retail, you know, clean tech. Um, but the common thread that runs through is this whole idea of being able to understand what it is that bridges the people in the company to the people outside of the company, the people that the company serves. And how do you, you know, tie those together through communication? How do you find a way to talk to those people about what interests them, what's going to help them um, in whatever they need, where they intersect with that company? And so that's really what got me here to now be in a company where I can create something that brings together all the things that really matter to me. So the opportunity to really make an impact on the world, the opportunity to work with creative, warm, you know, capable people, um, and to do something that has some fun with it as well, which is the world of fashion, which is always, always a very fun world to work in. Another common thread to use the wordplay that I've noticed, even in this illustration of the 13 steps that have led to this, is that you root yourself in brands that do as good as it can, and I mean good, not well, for its people. I want to ask up front how you define that word and what being good means to you. Being good is, to me, I think how um is defined as how i've actually always been very connected to the idea of sustainability i mean i'm going to say well before it was fashionable and that goes to the root of my parents so good is is respecting um that everybody has the capacity 
and the ultimate desire to do good. Now, of course, there's exceptions, but generally, by and large, humans want to do good. And good is in an in I guess a simple way to describe it is is thinking of the impact on others. So considering others as you do what you're doing, understanding that whatever action you take is going to result in another action. And you want the net effect of that to be something that is better than the situation that you had before. So it is the the broadest definition of good, which then links very much to the broadest definition of sustainability. Because if you're doing things that improve over time, you're really leaving the world or your environment or your your interactions, your relationships in a in a better state um, than you found them in. And so that's that's really what good is to me. And 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 for the purposes of of the House of LRNC, good we define very simply as good for people and good for the planet. And I think if you're considering those two things, that really gives you a very broad landscape for how you translate that through uh, running a good business to create the resources that allows you to do good, creating an environment where your employees are able to kind of bring them their whole selves and their best selves to work. Um, producing products that have a net positive impact because they bring joy to people and you're using sustainable materials as you create them. Um, And also providing something for those people who, through whatever their lot in life, are not able to participate in that circle. So even as far as touching people who maybe will never be within your kind of domain of the company, but understanding there's always a group that you can help. So that's where sort of the give back comes in, that we then go beyond our immediate circle and help those people who um, have not, don't have the same advantages that you have. And and so you're reaching out beyond your circle to help other people in need as well. And of course, reaching out beyond that circle and affecting as many people as you can in a good way. Not only the objective of the House of LRNC broadly, that journey from one to one billion lives impacted, but also something that you're able to do in each of these steps. And I'm glad you're doing it here today. Noting that, I'd like to know some of the ways in which you like to show up as a leader as you broaden that circle and impact people within and outside of it. So the way I like to show up as a leader is I I think that people want to create their own path. They want to I also use the analogy of a soccer field. Like we need to agree on where the goalposts are and we need to agree that the purpose is to score a goal. But I don't want to tell people how to get down the field because I think if you leave them to do that on their own, they'll find a path that you maybe even hadn't thought of. So the way I approach leadership is I'm going to create the opportunity for them to score. I'm going to remove obvious obstacles that are in the way. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to make it very clear what it is we're heading to do, but I'm not going to direct them there. And I think that that helps people become leaders themselves. It helps them learn. And of course, it helps me learn because I think the power of somebody finding their own path is that 
I learned something through that as well, which then is this virtuous cycle where I become a better leader because I see the success in that. I see a new way to do it. And then for somebody that might be struggling on their path toward goal, I can help them having been exposed to many different ways to get there rather than just, you know, considering my own well-worn path. If I think about this metaphor of a soccer pitch and I then think about maybe an all-star 11, I don't want to ask for 11 folks here, but I'm curious, who has inspired you to think in this way? I mean, are there people that you look up to and you're like, wow, they really do it right? Yeah, I mean, the people that inspire me still and have inspired me my whole life really are my parents. Um, We moved to Canada when I was a little girl. I was only three. We moved from Scotland to a small town in northern Ontario. Um, And to give you some idea, I was I was born into a family. uh, There's six of us total, four kids and my parents. And in the family, four of the six are educators. So this idea of education, uh, which to me is synonymous with communication is is deep, it runs very deep in the family. And they taught us you know, from that very young age when we were quite different. I mean, we had little Scottish accents and we were in Canada having come from Scotland, you know, in in the northern part of Ontario where there was a ton of snow and was really to um, appreciate what everybody brings to the table. And, And one of the benefits, I think, of growing up in a small town is you really get exposed to the whole range of socioeconomic, you know, different kinds of families and things like that, because your community really runs the gamut. And so we were not sort of in a protected environment at all. I mean, we had uh, friends that were from all different walks of life, and that allowed us to see the beauty, um, the the experience, um, and understand very broadly um, different people not just a certain kind of people, but different people. And I think that's always been very important to us. Our parents thought it was so important that our, you know, we were a very middle-class family and it wasn't about fancy cars and things like that, but it was about experiences well before experiences were a thing. Um, And all of our time outside of school was spent traveling and really, again, experiencing different cultures from the perspective of being immersed in them to to get an appreciation for people coming from different walks of life, understanding that they all had something beautiful to bring to kind of the whole mosaic of life and understanding that there were lots of different paths and you could learn something by appreciating that um, and being open to it. In this appreciation, let's let's go there, because if you think about it with regard to education, with regard to becoming a leader or teaching those to become a leader, that's all synonymous with personal and professional growth over time, progression. I want to ask a little bit about that because, well, I have to. Uh, it's how do you make sure that growth is always top of mind for you? How do you make sure you're always doing it and why is it important? Well, I think... The idea of always being a student, always learning, um, was again ingrained by my parents. So, you know, they, it was never, it never mattered exactly what you studied, right? I mean, I started in science and now I've, I've ended up in retail, but it was the love of learning that they really wanted to ingrain. And that's continued and been with me my whole life and is something that has been very important for me you know, as I created my own family. So, you know, I always like to say that when the children were young and I was a working mom, 
the nannies, um, the, the role for them or the, the requirement where there were only two requirements and one was the kids have to get outside every day. And the other one is that they have to be read to every day. And I think that, you know, consuming, um, the written material, the information is a very important part of, um, your development. So understanding what other people have thought about the topic that you're interested in, you know, whether you read, whether you, you know, uh, listen to podcasts, whether you, whether you read articles or books, it's, it's going deep. So if you want to know a lot about something, you sh- I think it's very helpful to understand what came before, what other people have thought, a new way of thinking. And then through that, you kind of take a constellation approach where you, you piece things together um, from all those different sources that you're looking at. And then from all kinds of other maybe seemingly unrelated experiences and develop your own thoughts around it. And that's really growth for me. Growth is I'm continually learning. And that's maybe why in my career, I've kind of worked through, you know, 13 different jobs in nine different industries, because I always thirsted for what do I learn through this next piece? How do I expand my knowledge in a certain area? And, you know, really enjoy that, that ramp up the curve of, of understanding whether it's a new industry or a new business or a new business model or a new way of working. Um, and then through that have come to this point where I now have the opportunity to say, here's an area that I think is very important, which is, you know, the area of sustainability. Here's the people that I really want to work with, which I, you know, who am I really enjoy. This is something I can really learn about and contribute to. Well, if we think about your career as a book and each of these steps as a different chapter, of course, one builds upon the next, but it's all about progression and learning something new, learning something different. That implies the existence of a feeling that you are not growing or progressing as fast as you could. Does that happen to you? I assume it does, but well, assuming it does, how do you recognize it and what do you do to sort of hit the reset button a little bit and make sure you get back on that path to start that new chapter, whether that be a new step entirely or intra step. You know, I, I, I sometimes worry that I um, can go to sort of think too much on something, right? Like swirl a little bit um, where, you know, if something, because I do, I do take the time to do a lot of research and I feel that when I come to a decision, I have, I've, I've done the work, call it, before I get there. And so then if something doesn't, for whatever reason, you know, extraneous issues or somebody else has a different viewpoint or whatever, the the thing that I'm working on that I've sort of created that path for doesn't go in that direction and it goes in another. Um, if I don't believe that's the best way to go, I can get dug in. And I always found that what, and and what I would say to my teams is, if if you see me do that at all, if 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 I seem to be stuck or if I seem to be swirling, the best way to sort of pull me or help me pull myself out of that is to say, what are we going to do about it? And then that is the trigger that allows me to then shift and go on a new path. Okay, now the situation's different or now things have changed. How do I now learn as much as I can about this new situation to be able to then drive the outcome that is the best outcome, the thing that we're looking for? That's going to require some more work. That's going to require me 
opening my mind to a new possibility and I have to learn about that. So that's what I found is the thing that switches me over. And that's often done again through, you know, whether it's reading or exploring something, something new to get me to kind of reset and, and drive in a new direction. It seems that exploration can be really healthy and for sure for you has been especially helpful and it's been good to learn about through these different chapters of your life all the way to today, how you do that both in the way of growth and leadership. I want to round out with some questions or just one question really about advice because, well, not everybody in the world has had all of that experience across industry, across function. And so I'm curious, maybe it's books or something else. What are some great resources you'd recommend for somebody listening to this who's looking to develop themselves, whether it be with regard to growth, whether it be with regard to strong leadership skills or developing any of the LR and or C? Um, you know, I, I believe that people learn. Um, people learn in different ways. For me, it is books. For me, it's reading. I've always got three books on the go at any given time. And I got to ask what they are. I, I know I'm interrupting, but I got to ask what those are. Get two oh, quick reads for us. So right now I'm reading a book on uh, the genesis of B corporations and how they started and the whole idea behind them. Um, I'm also reading a book on the difference between um, uh, the entertainment world, uh, the world of sports and the world of business and what this sort of blockbuster approach in that um, area. And then I often have a fun book that I'm reading, which is just a distraction. So I really um, find that that helps me. But it's, it's I think what helps people grow and the resources that are useful to them are, are whatever interests them. And maybe they're going to want to consume that by looking at a whole bunch of different articles online or, you know, through the internet or, or whatever else. Um, so I, I, I think that it's the desire to expand your knowledge and consider other people's points of view that is really the driver that helps you grow. And if it's in an area, if it's in the area of fashion, well, it's maybe not about books. Maybe it's about, you know, consuming it in a different medium because it's a more creative space. So I think that it's taking the time to explore the idea um, and, then being able to bring your own piece to that. Like, how are you now taking something that's already out there and moving it in a different way based on your experience so that then the next person that comes along can learn from that and add that to their kind of body of knowledge? Well, as we all write our current and next chapter, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes with us to read a few pages of yours. Therese, thank you so much for giving us this time. Thank you, Adam. Thank you to Therese Hayes for your lessons and your book picks. I feel that we're going to have quite the list built up here over time. Speaking of, we hope you've been enjoying our collective story over time here on The Good Conversation and within this initial Begins Within series. Here's where we are all the time. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The House of LRC. And you can email us as well, info at thehouseoflrc.com. Let us know what you're reading. For now, we'll sign off until the next time. And in the meantime, I'm Adam Connor reminding you to love powerfully and move purposefully.